1: That's what she said. Now here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. The overall performance of this defense was probably the worst we've seen so far this season. I mean, you look at the stats that the Eagles were able to put up against the Packers, and I think it just really paints the picture. They had 500 total yards of offense, five zero zero. That is over a hundred yards a quarter. Just to like put that in perspective, that is. Absolutely insane. Um, Only 137 passing yards, which, okay. But that's because they had 360 yards on the ground. 29 first downs, 8 for 15 on third down efficiency, 2 for 3 on fourth down efficiency. 79 total plays. That's compared to the Packers, 49. And they only punted once. This is about as bad as it gets. Um, this defense has just crumbled. I, I don't know. It's a. It's a. It has to be a complete and total rebuild at this point. Um, we talked about this pre-show, and it's on everybody's minds. I don't think the Packers are going to get rid of Joe Barry after this game. I think if they, if they were going to, it would have happened today. We're recording Monday night we would have heard about it today after this game it's going to be a ride out the season because there's just no point but there was no adjustments right you know exactly what the eagles are going to do you know who jalen hurts is going into this game he had a spy on him at first didn't do anything and he refused to load the box he played nickel when he knew they were going to run and your DBs are not tackling well and you're just not playing to the strengths of your guys and you're not calling a scheme that's going to work against this the best rushing team in the league I'm pretty sure the Eagles are and the Packers got absolutely gashed on national television and honestly at times didn't even look like they were trying that hard.
2: Yeah I mean and I think the frustrating part too is Matt LaFleur said it right like there's been the blueprint all season for how to attack this Packers defense. And next week you're playing Justin Fields, who just set a record in the NFL for rushing yards in a game, I believe. So, you know, Jalen Hurts is uh, incredibly talented with his legs and Justin Fields, you can say is in that same kind of caliber of rushing talent at the quarterback position. And it's something that the Packers have struggled with, Repeatedly. I mean, you know, you don't want to be a broken record and go back to like the 49ers uh championship game, but every time we think that there's a solution to the run defense, there isn't. You know, we talked all preseason and all training camp about how the D-line was as deep as it was ever had ever been for Kenny Clark. And, you know, you drafted Devon Devontae Wyatt, you've got Jaron Reed, you know, all these like TJ Slayton in his sophomore season, you're expecting to make a jump. And Kenny Clark is probably having one of his worst years as a pro, which is really sad to see, you know, for whatever reason, you know, that is he just, whether he needs help, whether it's, you know, the Rashawn Gary effect that now he's gone and you don't have guys setting the edge, whatever it is, the run defense remains a problem. And the fact that you have a quarterback that threw for 153 yards and rushed for 157 yards, it's just, it's about as problematic as it gets. And for, for this defense to be as good as it looked on paper and the expectations that we had that you know pundits had that analysts had that said like this could be a top ten unit based on you know the caliber of the players that you have in the secondary and you've got really talented inside linebackers. I don't know like you know what the problem is and I think it's just that there's a lot of blame to go around. It's not just Joe Barry. It's not just you know certain players. It's everybody and I don't really know at this point how you write that ship. I don't know if you can.
1: Absolutely. And you're right, it's not Joe Barry. Right. Joe Barry's not out there missing tackles. Like it, this team needs to, I think, go back to its fundamentals and the piece of it that I feel like we need to touch on is this isn't going to get better. We're seeing more and more quarterbacks coming out of college successful in the NFL who do both. There are fewer and fewer pure pocket passers. Everyone has to be at this point, a dual threat. Lamar Jackson paved the way. Michael Vick, obviously, and Colin Kaepernick were the start, but now almost everyone coming out of college has legs. So at this point, the Packers defense has to start planning around the way offenses are going in the NFL, which is you are going to have this run pass, running quarterback option. And if they don't get their minds around that, if they don't come up with a plan, come up with a scheme draft players, add players who can wrap up and tackle, who can spy, who can, you know, quickly decipher if the quarterback's going to run or not there, this is going to continue. And you're right. This has been a problem like going back to those early quarterbacks that I just mentioned. This is not new, but it's only getting worse for them <laughs> because this is the way that quarterbacks are developing into.
2: Yeah. And I mean, obviously if you take out the anomaly that was the Bucks game where they had 34 rushing yards total on the ground, the Packers, you know, the second lowest rushing total of the season was the Titans. And that was 88 yards beyond that. It's at least 117 yards or more. And you said, you know, the Eagles put up 363 yards, but every game has been like 150, 160. Like these are just astronomical rushing numbers that teams are being able, like even teams that, no disrespect, don't have like, you know, the kind of caliber of back that you would expect like a Derrick Henry. You know, the fact that the Titans were able to utilize Derrick Henry, put up 88 yards on the ground, but then they attacked with the passing game. And I obviously missed that, that recap show, but it just, it seems like this Packers defense has no answer for anything where if they finally are able to kind of shut down a run game where they are able to stuff a guy like Derrick Henry, then Ryan Tannehill in a passing offense that is not, you know, in the upper echelon of passing offenses in the NFL is able to attack this Packers defense. So it's, it's just really weird the way that they game plan and kind of what they prioritize. And even when we see again and again, like the same kind of drives happening where every time the Eagles touch the ball, it was like, OK, you know that it's a third and 10. They're going to pick up 12 on a like a, a drop the middle. And it, it would happen. And it's like, if, if everybody's sitting at home on the couch is able to expect these things, how are you not game planning for that as a defensive coordinator? And, you know, you know, the rest of the coaching staff.
0: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live
1: only on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, you just have to look at the numbers to say, like, like you this is the inverse of the Titans game, right? Jalen Hurts passed 16 times for 153 yards. Theoretically, the Packers put up 33 points, the most so far this season. This should have been a win, and yet it wasn't again because they can't stop the run and it limits their ability to come from behind if they need to because the Eagles just completely dominate the time of possession. They had the ball, I think it was 10 minutes longer. This was the problem in the Titans game too. And you just don't get the stops that you need. I mean, the Packers had plenty of opportunities pretty much until the end of the fourth quarter in order to come back and win this game. So you have to make these adjustments. And Matt LaFleur actually was asked about it at the halftime uh, at the halftime point when they get interviewed on the field. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'd like to see this defense make a few more stops. So I don't know what they need to do, but I think it needs to start with bringing somebody new in who can revamp this entire side of
2: the ball. Yeah. And I mean, not to get too like, you know, down the line here as far as, you know, moving parts and moving pieces, but the Packers have invested so much in this defense that you have to oh, think yeah. that a lot of the pieces are going to be the same. Obviously you're not getting rid of Jair. You signed Rasul, you signed Devondre Campbell to these long-term contracts. Preston Smith got an extension. So most of the pieces here are likely the same. You know, there's a couple guys that maybe won't be back. You could argue Adrian Amos is one of those names, whatever happens with Darnell Savage. I know they committed to him and his fifth year option. You are hoping that they pay Rashawn Gary. They better pay Rashawn Gary, big money, but you know, a lot of the the core pieces, I think whether you love it or hate it are there for this team right now, because that's just a, a huge commitment on your salary cap that you can't just negate now at this point. So because of the talent that you have and because we've seen what's possible with so many of these players, you have to think you're exactly right that somebody needs to come in and kind of reshape, resculpt what this defense looks like and what their identity is, because I don't think that we could pinpoint it through, you know, 12 weeks of this NFL season. What, if the defense even has an identity, I don't think they do.
1: No. And it's, it's so interesting hearing you list off all those names because I wouldn't want the Packers to get rid of any of those names. Like you paid all of those guys for a reason you feel pretty good about some of the draft picks and their development. So you need someone to come in and, and put the pieces together. You know, the safety position is again, just looking ahead a little bit here is just one that's going to have to be addressed this offseason. season. Um, I think you and I both agreed. It sh- probably should have been addressed this past offseason. I think they're a year past due now. Um, unfortunately I've been an Adrian Amos stand for quite some time now he just isn't doesn't look like the same player this year I don't know again if this is scheme if he's just getting up there in age I think he's like 30 now right um Darnell Savage (laughs) is unknown I think if the Packers hadn't already picked up his fifth year option he would not be back after his performance so far this season so those are your two starting safeties and that's going to be a position group that you're going to have to totally uproot and again like Revamp this offseason, the Packers aren't known to take safeties high in the draft. They're going to have a high pick. I don't think it's a premium position that they value in the first round. So they're just going to have to look at what is on the market or who's available later, but they're going to have to address the safety position because if both of your starting safeties are playing as badly and missing tackles and blowing coverages, you're going to lose a lot of games.
2: Yeah, and it's not going to matter, you know, how good Jair is in man coverage or, you know, how good Quay Walker is as a spy. And, you know, we saw him save a touchdown against Justin Fields earlier in the season because of that speed. So regardless of, you know, the other pieces that you have on your defense that can make plays, everything still has to funnel through your secondary. And if your safeties, like you said, are dropping the ball figuratively, literally, you know, however you want to look at it, that's a problem. So let's talk about the Darnell Savage injury because it seemed like, before he got hurt, he was only in for that one play and he was in dime personnel for Joe Barry. So it seems like the Packers were making an adjustment. Rudy Ford was in, you know, kind of as, as the opposite to Adrian Amos and you know, whether that continues, we don't know what, how long the Darnell Savage injury is going to linger. It sounds like his x-rays were clean at least. So mm-hmm. it should just be an ankle sprain that he can potentially come back from this season, but it it seems like they were trying like they were going to try and figure out something with him before the injury, because he definitely, you know, the slot experiment kind of fizzled out right away, you know, with him as, as the nickel. And then obviously he's not maintaining his job as the free safety on the field. So. I mean, it
1: looks like he was
2: demoted, I
1: guess, is the word (laughs) that you, you would describe. So um who knows how long the injury is going to sideline him for, but it sounds like even without the injury, he was going to be seeing some reduced playing time, which production-based industry, huh? It's just part of, it's the name of the game at this point. You, you can't be missing tackles the way he has. You can't be miscommunicating across the defense the way he has. You can't be blowing coverages. It's just when one person doesn't do their 111th, it completely derails the entire play and he's been that culprit a number of times at this point
0: 2400 sports is an odyssey company